Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. All right, give someone a high five, and you can be seated. Come on, somebody. Ashley's 31 weeks pregnant. Baby's healthy. Come on, Jesus. Thanks, guys. And uh, we got two little boys, one on the way. We want to show you just some of y'all think you know us. Some of y'all may not know us. Some of y'all, it's your first time to victory. We want to show you just a little bit. We were asked to be in a music video not too long ago. Actually, it was about six years ago. Um, it was when Justin Bieber first came on the scene. He was kind of, you know, trying to figure out his, his way, and he asked us to be a part of his video. We want to show you a little bit of our acting debut on this music video, Me Plus You. Check it out. Paul still has a little bit of that creepy status and definitely has a flair for the dramatic, that's for sure. <laughs> Peeking between the books, like The Shining. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we want to talk to you about love today, and we've been in a series about relationships, and, and uh, today we want, we want to bring a message to you called World War Love. World War Love. There is a war going on for the love in our lives. There's a war going on for deep connection in relationships. Uh, there's so much social media and this desire to connect that we're disconnecting relationally. We're having a hard time to even have social skills to go deep with the people we're friends with. Uh, we're seeing more and more separations, divorces, splits, fathers not talking to their daughters, sons not speaking to their mothers. There's, there's this pain going on, and it's worldwide. It's not just in America. It's in every nation. There is a war going on for our love. And uh, we want to bring a message to you that, that transcends marriage, that speaks to every relationship in our life. How do we get along? How do we love each other? How do we wage war? How do we fight the right wars? Yeah. Um, that we're not talking about a war between each other. We're talking about a spiritual war that's going on for the health of our relationships. How many of you guys know there's a war on the definition of love yeah. in this world? There's a war for the definition of what marriage is and what it looks like. Yeah. And so we've got, we, you know, some of you may like war, I don't know about that, I don't know about that term. Um, have you met your flesh? And have you recently read God's definition of 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient, love is kind, 
Love does not envy, love does not boast, love does not keep record of wrong. I mean, I love Jesus, but there is a war for God's love to be revealed in my life, rather than the feelings of what I think love should be like in my life. And you know, church, the Bible says that people will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. The way that we love defines us as who we follow. And so we can either surrender to our flesh and our feelings and the world's way of love, or we can surrender our way to God's kind of love. And who do you think is going to spread God's love here on this earth? We are. It is going to be us. It is going to be people who have decided, you know what? My feelings might say one thing. The world may be saying something. My circumstances may be wanting me to be react or respond in this certain way, but you know what? I want God's way to be known in this world through my life, so I'm gonna surrender to the way that he defines love. And for yeah. God's idea of love to win, we have to know what wars we are fighting and how we win them. So good. You know, even Jesus had a war with his own flesh. The Bible says before Jesus went to the cross that there was a moment where he said, God, could this suffering pass for me? Could I get out of what you're asking me to do? Because it's gonna be painful. Jesus even fought with his own flesh. But then he came to a place of surrender and he won the war by saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Paul the apostle, who wrote half the New Testament, had a war going on with his flesh. He said, there's a part of me that wants to do the right thing, and there's a part of me that wants to do the the wrong thing. There's a part of me that wants to walk in forgiveness. There's another part of me that wants to get revenge. There's a part of me that wants to uh, uh, say nice words. There's another part of me that wants to say what I think and be critical and let words come out of my mouth. And so there's this war of whether or not we're gonna let heaven invade our lives or let hell invade our lives. Everybody say wage war. Wage war. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 that just because we live in the world doesn't mean we wage war like the world. So the world has ways that they're going to try to win a war in a relationship. They're going to try to have the last word. They're going to try to uh, persuade and convince the other person they're right and the other person is wrong. But Paul says the way that we wage war is we are taking divine power to demolish strongholds. What we're doing in our church service, having worship, we are demolishing strongholds. Worship is a weapon to win the war in your marriage, in your family, between you and your son, between you and your daughter, between you and that person you're not getting along with. So there's a different way we fight. We don't fight like this. We fight like this. We fight like this. Paul says this. He says, we're demolishing arguments. I don't know about you, but Ash and I, Maybe once in our marriage have had an argument. No, I'm just kidding. Every single week. <laughs> we have something yeah. that we got to work through and multiple times in the week. And, uh, and we're going to keep it real for y'all. If you're looking for perfect pastors, you came to the wrong place. But we are being perfected by Jesus Christ on a yeah. daily basis. Our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. Come on. Come on. We can relate. We can relate here. But Paul says this. He says, we're going to take We're going to take dominion and authority over arguments, over strife, over everything that's trying to break down a deep, intimate relationship between you and that person God's called you to be connected with. We're not just talking about husbands and wives. We're talking about friendships. I don't know about you, but the enemy comes even to attack my friendships with suspicion, with not being able to trust 
thinking someone's talking behind my back, wondering, assumption, right? And so we're going to fight those wars because friendships, relationships, they're worth fighting for. Families are worth fighting for. Marriages are worth fighting for. God does not want us to live in isolation. He wants us to be in relationship, but there's a war for your relationships. You know, there's this moment, we've been talking about Jacob in the Bible, this guy who had a lot of issues in all of his relationships, and there's this moment where him and one of his wives, which already sounds rough, he's got multiple wives, um, where they have- They're both, and they're sisters. Yeah, he's married to two women, and they're both sisters. Yeah, Yeah. drama, 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 drama. So we're going to talk about a moment where they had to figure out the war that was going on in their marriage. If you have a Bible, go to Genesis 30, verse 1. Genesis 30, verse 1. Yes! We get loud about the Bible. And there's this moment where one of Jacob's wives comes to him. And by the way, this wasn't God's plan for Jacob to have more than one wife. But Jacob wanted to do what he wanted to do. And in this moment, one of the wives is mad at him because she's not getting what she wants. So she says to Jacob, she says, um, Rachel comes to him and says, I am jealous of my sister, your other wife, who's having children and I'm not. So she grabs Jacob by the throat. How hard do you want me to go? Not that hard, I forgave you for yesterday, so I'll keep it easy. Okay. (laughs) So she grabs Jacob by the throat. She says, give me children or I'll die. And I wonder for you what the blank is right there. Give me this or I'll die. Give me this. There's something you're not getting in a relationship. Give me this or my joy is going to die. My peace is going to die. My love for you is going to die. You may not physically die, but something inside you is so attached to your disappointment in that relationship, to what you're not getting, your way not working out, that you're grabbing him by the throat, right? And so watch what Jacob does. While she's got her hand on his throat in the next verse, 30, verse 2, Jacob says, why are you blaming me when God is the one who's not letting you have kids? Now Jacob's blaming God. Rachel's blaming Jacob. Jacob's blaming God. But God's not her problem. There's not a scripture in the Bible that says God stopped a woman from having children. Every time you see a scripture about a woman being pregnant or barren, it's when God opens a woman's womb. He never, God was not the cause of her barrenness. God was about to open her womb to bring her a miracle. God is not your problem. And the first war that we need to look at is God's not your problem. Your husband's not your problem. There is a war going on within yourself. We're going to talk about some wars that we need to fight. And the first war is the war within ourselves. Ashley, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, and if you want to, if you have your Bible uh, with you, if not, it's okay, we'll put it on the screen. But let's look at James 4. It says, what is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Why all this chaos over here? Why is just nothing going right outwardly right here? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you? Mm. We're talking about, all right, I will. Doesn't the battle begin inside of you? We're talking about the war within. As you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires. You know, Rachel's jealousy issue is not a Jacob issue. Rachel's jealousy issue was a her issue. And when we have unresolved issues in our life, it makes us crazy. I need these kids or I'll die. And sometimes if we have unresolved issues in our life, we may not be saying that out loud, but inwardly in our thoughts, 
It's driving us. It's driving us. It's motivating us. And we're constantly experiencing chaos and turbulence out here, and we're blaming everybody else, and maybe some of them are worth blaming, but the reality is, is nobody's gonna get better, and especially you're not gonna get better from blaming what you don't have because of other people. So what can we do? It's good, babe. We look so inwardly. Yeah. There's a war within. You know, God desires us to have interior freedom. Yeah. God desires us to have interior freedom. And when we experience interior freedom, it allows us to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And the thing about interior freedom, all this going on on the inside that nobody sees, the war within, the jealousy, the insecurity, the shame, the anger, the fear, all of that, that is our personal, that interior freedom starts with realizing that it is our personal responsibility. Wow. You know, a lot of times we delegate what's really our personal responsibility. It's an inside job. We can't delegate to our pastors, yeah. to the church. Hey, fix this, fix me. You'll constantly be disappointed because nobody can fix you nope, like you and Jesus. You can't delegate it to your spouse, your friend, your teacher, your boss. We can't do that. It's an interior job. Recently, I got my car clean. Praise God. We have a two and a four-year-old. Every single time, I find a new cup with mildewed milk. Cheerios, pretzels. Cheerios every day. I found mildew, organic blueberries. I was like, what a waste of money, and how did this happen? How did I miss that? But so I take it to the place, and they say, do you want an exterior or interior? So those are the options. An exterior always looks great because it's a lot cheaper, and it's express. So, and so, so get they it get done it done in, in like minutes. an hour. I don't know, about five minutes. Did you ever clean your car on the outside in five minutes? Okay, keep All going. Right. So anyways, but they said, maybe it'll take an hour or two, or if you do interior, it's gonna take all day. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it looks more, a lot more exciting to do the exterior because man, in and out. But how many of you guys have had an exterior or an interior job done on your car? It makes a world of difference. All the convenience, all the rides that you had to arrange, going without the car, waiting six hours, man, it really made it worth it. Because it takes a lot of time, right, to go in and all the crevices and get all the crumbs and get everything out, making it feel good and new. And you know, so many times we shy away from the interior cleaning that happens on the inside of us. It's good, babe. Because it doesn't look fun, it's inconvenient, it's actually painful, maybe it's awkward because we're not used to it. Maybe there's some things that we'd rather deny than face. Maybe there's some things that we continually wanna blame other people for instead of take personal responsibility in. Wow. There's some things that Rightfully so, you might have some issues because of some unresolved issues that you experienced coming from somebody else. There may be some issues, some things going on, some interior cleaning that needs to happen because of what somebody else did to you that you had no control of. Yeah. But I'm telling you, we're not gonna find interior freedom or we're not gonna allow ourselves to be the best version of ourselves if we keep calculating things that we can't control instead of recognizing, you know what, I'm gonna have a me first mentality. Even though this happened to me because they did this, I'm gonna have a me first, I'm gonna do the inside work, my kids, our kids, they're so, me first, me first, I wanna do that, me first. If we would take that same determination and say, God, me first, I'm gonna look inwardly. And you know why sometimes it's hard for us to do that? 
It because we have not first experienced the love of our Heavenly Father. Because when I realize how much I'm loved by Him, and I experience His love, and I've encountered, I haven't just been around His love, but I've allowed Him to love me in the ugliest moments. When I experience that kind of love, it gives me the courage to face the ugly, evil twins on the inside of me. Yeah. It, it gives me the courage to look within, not with, sh not with eyes of condemnation and eyes of shame, but eyes of love. Yeah. And there are things on the inside of our hearts that we have kept in the, in the dark. Yeah. And we don't realize they are hurting us, they are hurting other people because we've allowed it to stay in the dark. But God today in his presence and through this word wants to bring some things so to light so that we can start winning the war within. Yeah, yeah, so what Ashley's saying is deal with me first. Yeah, give her a big hand. Deal with me first. I want you to say that with me right now. Say, deal with me first. Deal with me first. If we'll let God deal with us first, the war within ourselves. I'm starting with the man. Right? Got a few I, I gotta change Our my family. ways. I can't expect her to do something if I'm not starting with me first. I've gotta say, God, what is it inside of me? Rachel was blaming Jacob when Rachel should have said, I gotta deal with me first. I gotta, I gotta focus on that. And if I don't resolve my issues, then my issues are gonna dissolve our marriage. If we don't resolve the issues inside of us, our issues will dissolve the relationships God's called us to have intact. So we've gotta deal with us first. The second- when I think about just a moment of transparency. When I think about us, and I feel like we are not experiencing, I'm experiencing a lot of maybe discontentment or issues or anger. A lot of it has less to do with the other person and a lot to do with the things on the inside of us. If I'm demanding, I need your affirmation. I need this from you. I need that from you. I need sex. Yeah, which is a oh, definitely basic need, <laughs> but there might be some other things, some patient issues, right. some other things going right. on. Yeah. That we can at first go to God about it. Yes. It doesn't mean that we deny our Cut needs. Cut that from the cameras. Sorry. Man. Real life, real life. So. <laughs> Wait, hold up. I just wanted to wake y'all up for a second. Can I say something? Can I yes. say something about the sex thing for a second? Um, and right. we do have children's church if, if you need your kids to go to children's church. Um, but here's, here's the thing. We, when we first got married, our first two months of marriage um, was kind of rough because we, we went to four funerals. My dad passed, your grandpa passed, my grandpa passed, one of our close family friends passed. And during that time, we, we, had, our, we, you know, we had gotten uh, a one-bedroom, small little condo apartment that we were gonna move into and live in, but we felt like we needed to be there for my mom because you know, she just lost her husband, we, I just lost my dad, so we moved in with my mom and all my siblings and nephews and nieces, and I had this ideal you know, thing of we were, gonna, we were gonna have it every single day together for, and multiple times a day together, and, uh, and it wasn't happening because all, we, they put us in a room right next to my mom's bedroom that had no lock on our room. Come on, my siblings were doing me wrong in that moment. And then my nephew walked in one morning when we were, uh, anyways, he came in, he's like, what's going on? And we were like, we pull the covers up. We're just having story time in here. He's like, can I come in for story time? I was like, no, this is just Paul, Uncle Paul and Aunt Ashley's story time. He runs in the kitchen, tells everybody. Man, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Everybody said, keep it real. Uh, but in that moment, in that moment, there was things I was frustrated about, needs and desires and wants. 
That and they weren't bad. No, they but aren't what's bad. What's awesome is that when we go through seasons of life where we're constantly certain needs are being met, when we can go to God and allow Him to minister and 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 uh, speak to us about those needs. It doesn't mean we don't ask for those. It just means we don't sound so demanding. I have to have this or I'll yeah, die. Yeah. There's understanding and there's patience around it. Like the fact that we were right next door to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, number two is the war with honesty. <laughs> the war with honesty. Guys, we obviously are winning that war with honesty. <laughs> we're being too honest right now. Sorry. Save your email. Send them to God. Um, Hey, he created it. He told us to do it. So we're just following the word of God. Number two, the war with honesty. The war with honesty. We got we to gotta be honest. We got to be honest. We got to stop hiding the issues that are going on in our lives. And the war with honesty is being honest with God first, honest with yourself, and then honest with your spouse or honest with the person so for singles in the room, honest with the person that you're having conflict with, going to them and saying, man, can I just be honest? I'm, I'm frustrated. Like, uh, this is going on. This is bothering me. Your roommate, your family member, whoever it is there's conflict with, there has to be honesty. The enemy of honesty is deception. The, en the enemy of honesty is, you know, just being silent. I'm not going to say anything about it. The enemy of honesty is hiding behind the word faith. Like, oh, it's not faith, so I'm not going to say it. But if you're going through it, you need to say it. You need to acknowledge this is happening. We can't hide behind the word. Faith has the power to face the facts and still believe God for a miracle in your life. If nobody knows you're struggling, how can anybody pray for you? How can you get medicine if you don't go to a doctor and say, I'm sick, I need help? Well, I don't wanna talk about that, it's not faith. Well, somebody needs to know. God needs to know. You need to know. Your spouse needs to know. So that way there can be healing, restoration, reconciliation. We've got to wage war against deception. We've got to wage war against keeping our issues and struggles to ourselves. This is why we have a church of altar calls, open opportunities for people to bring stuff to God to receive healing. And one of the, one of the enemies of honesty is embarrassment. Embarrassment. I don't want anybody to know. I'm embarrassed. But the reality is, if we're walking around, if, I've, if I'm walking around and, and I've got a nail stuck in the temple of my head, and everybody's saying, there's a nail in your head. I'm like, no, there's no nail there. Everybody's like, we see it. We see it. When are you going to acknowledge it? When are you going to bring it forward? When are you going to be honest with yourself that there's an anger issue in your life? There's an issue there that needs to be brought to God. It makes me think of a story that you recently told about a guy, he had a father wound. Yeah. And how he thought that he, it had been resolved. Yeah. But other people were saying, no, there's still that deep wound. His dad had left his mom at a young age, cheated on his mom multiple times, and, and the son just held so much anger towards his dad. But later on, as he grew up, he knew that he needed his dad. His dad offered him a job to work for the family organization. And so when he went to work for his dad, he watched his dad continue to do destructive things to himself to his own life, just, you know, abuse, uh, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, multiple women affairs. And so he said, I, I quit. I'm not working for the organization. I love you, dad, but I can't, I can't work here anymore. His dad said, you're not my son anymore. I disown you. And the sad thing was within two years, his dad died and they never did resolve that issue. And he said, so years have gone on. And he was talking about how he had to honestly just be honest and say, 
And it was tough that I never did get to reconcile things with my dad. The conflict separated our family. The, there was a war that just caused our family to completely pull away. Maybe you're here right now and you can relate. Maybe you've had a family member pass away before you could resolve conflict. You can be honest with God today and say, God, I need your help to heal my heart because I'm still holding on to hurt. And they're no, they're no longer even here. And I've got to choose to move forward. I, there's a war going on inside. Third is the war with humility. There's a war for humility in our lives. When there's a fight going on between us, the world says, prove you're right, make them feel it, make sure you win the fight, the quarrel, the conflict, but the word of God says, take the humble approach. James chapter four, the same passage that says what causes fights and quarrels and conflict among you, right after that in verse six says, God resists the proud, but he gives more and more grace to the humble. How do we wage war when there's conflict in our marriage, in our families, in our houses? It looks like this. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. What humility does, it sucks the pride out of a fight. It sucks the I'm going to win out of a fight. You say, but Paul, I'm not wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, but humility says even if I'm right, I'm choosing to take the humble approach and say I'm sorry. Because what good is it to win a fight and lose a marriage? What good is it to win a fight and lose a son? What good is it to win a fight and lose a daughter? You say, well, she's wrong. She rolls her eyes at me all the time. You don't know my 13-year-old daughter is from hell. Stop. <gasps> Pray for us because our kids are going to grow up one day and be 13 and 14, 15, 16. But the thing is, is we've got to wage war to keep our, our families together, our relation. A relationship is more important than winning a fight. Don't burn a bridge that you're going to have to cross one day. Don't burn a bridge that you're going to have to go back one day and hope that they'll show up to the hospital, the funeral, the wedding, whatever it is. Just take the humble approach. Just practice with me. Say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I forgot to give Ashley flowers this week on Valentine's Day. And I had, it was sad. I had to apologize. And, uh, but, but I gave her flowers yesterday. Yes, thank you. That's really nice. Our best Valentine's Day are still right in front of us. Come on, we gotta stir the hope. We gotta stir the hope. And we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Hey, the enemy of humility is also pride. Pride. And in the middle of the word pride is I. You want to say a word about it, Ash? Yeah, I think as long as we're breathing, we're going to have eye issues. Because I never shuts up. I wants to be heard. I want to be right. I want to be seen. You know, I want to prove my point. And as long as we continue to let I be before him or I before you, we're never going to win the war of humility. And if we want to wage war against the devil and we want to win the war of love, we have to take that humble approach, like you said. And going back, I felt like God gave me a word for this weekend for people here. You know, we have to have humility to even uh, win the first war that we talked about, war of winning the war within. It takes a lot of humility to say me first and to resolve the unresolved conflict. I think about that story that you shared about that guy. You know, I think about how so many people in our future pay 
for unresolved issues that we have not chosen to be humble about, be honest about. You know, I think about the unresolved issues of some of you guys are praying for new relationships. You're praying for answered prayers. And you know, the unresolved issues that are on the inside of you of trust, the unresolved issues of fear, everybody's out to get you, they're actually repelling the answers that God wants to bring into your life. You wanna experience God's best. If we don't deal with the unresolved issues of shame, we will always push away God's best because we think we're never good enough and we will never deserve God's best. Some of us need a revelation of how much God loves us so we can face the inward issues with honesty and humility. And I also wanna bust a misconception in here. Just because I, you got yourself into that mess, it doesn't mean that the I that got you in that mess is gonna be the only I that's gonna get you out of that mess. You need help. There is some hefty conflict resolution, a health, uh, hefty conflict represented in this room. There's some things, there's every person in life is gonna face some issues, face some conflict that we need to ask for help yeah. to be, uh, say, hey, hold me accountable to this. I need help. I am drowning. I am suffocating and, and I don't know what to do. I need help. Yeah. And a lot of times that takes humility. I think uh, every time I think about you and I and our marriage, how a lot of people just think that they ask for help at the beginning, the before say I do classes, premarital counseling classes. We believe that we need help every step along the way. Yeah. We believe that it's good to invite people to help us, that it's not a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of strength. Yes. And I remember a time when we just had some crazy uh Misunderstandings. Misunderstandings. Miscommunication. Miscommunications. There's that scripture in Proverbs that says a soft answer turns away wrath. Our answers were inviting like twister tornadoes into our home. And we just recognize, okay, if we have tools on our belt, they need to be sharpened or we need to use them and we need help because we care more about I right now. And it wasn't like, hey, we're getting a divorce or we're falling in shame. It was just like, man, there's some stress. We need help deciphering this. And so... I remember you, you went on a walk for a really long time. You well, said you were the, praying. And, and the reason I why. wasn't for a little while. I was just thinking about all the stuff that I wanted to say, but I didn't say. But thank God that I didn't say it. But Well, anyways. let me say something. We, we all react to conflict differently because of the way we were raised. Yes. I, my parents, when there was conflict, my dad would go outside, rake the leaves, pray in tongues, go on a walk. And uh, I watched him. That's kind of how he would cope and then come back inside. Your walk was like, your walk was like a marathon, though. You must have been really upset. <laughs> you should put a Fitbit and count those calories. I but was, like, I was walking, walking for a long around, time. I was, I had remembered uh, somebody reaching out and say, hey, if you guys ever need some advice with your marriage, you know, you can reach out to us. He's a really trusted person. They live um, out of state. We're like, okay, you know what? I think I'm gonna do that. So while he was on his walk, I emailed him, found the email. I was like, help us ASAP. Here's my number. Here's my baby's number. Here's my daddy's number. Here's my dog's number. Call us. Uh, we need to set up something. 
But, you know, some of you are like, wow, that's really honest. Don't you feel awkward? No, because we have had a rhythm of honesty in our life because some people, they want freedom, but they're not willing to be honest. Yeah. Some people don't want to feel trapped, wow. but they're not willing wow. to tell their secrets. Wow, they're trapped in the prison of their own pride. Exactly. They're trapped in the Let prison of their own, not wanting people to see. It's Let it's. free. And I think the enemy of humility is wanting to appear impressive in the eyes of man. Yep. And once you, once you crucify that need, man, you can invite so much freedom in your life. Um, so we reached out. We, we ended up meeting with that counselor. Man, it was so helpful for yeah. us. And it was, so, it was so good. And it was so strengthening for us. And because I was. I thought I was right. You thought you were right. And we need somebody to say Neither of you are right. God is right, and you need to apologize. But, you know, it wasn't because there was any big sin. It was just miscommunication, misunderstanding, and inviting God to help us. We want to just survive. We want to thrive in our relationships, and we need help to do that. Yes. Uh, The next one is the war for hope, the war for hope. Some of us right now are in the room, and we say, you know, this relationship is beyond repair. This friendship, this family member is never going to be in my life again. Um, Some of us have written someone off. There's no way God could save him. There's no way God could save her. We need to stop saying those kind of statements. If someone's still breathing, there's still hope for their future. If you're still breathing, there's still hope for healing in every relationship in your life. There's a war for hope. The enemy of hope is despair. It's accepting something as final. There's a spirit of finality, defeat that just tries to seep into our relationships and say, this is never gonna be reconciled. You're always gonna have problems with men. You're always gonna have problems with women. You're never gonna be able to trust people. You're always gonna have a spirit of suspicion with every friendship. And today we need to start having hope that God can heal our hearts, that God can heal marriages, that God can heal families. Um, Just being honest, there was a moment with me and a family member years ago where we had kind of, had some major conflict that caused us to not want to talk to each other. And, uh, and we needed healing. We needed humility. I would say this, even in the greatest families or the families that appear on Instagram to look so perfect, there's still conflict and there's still hurts and there's still wounds and there's still needs for healing and restoration. Some of us are looking at families and pictures of you know, most of the time when you see a perfect picture of a couple on Instagram, this is what it looks like right before. I don't like that picture. Selfie. Post it. Make everybody think we're awesome, you know. Um, all of us need healing. All of us need God's help. All of us need, and the truth can set you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's hope for all of us. Romans 15 verse 13 says, this is our prayer for you today. We were praying this before church. Oh God, we pray for victory. We pray for our marriage and the marriages and the families and the relationships and the singles that are in relationships and friendships and roommates in the room where there's been hurts and wounds. Oh God, we pray that the God, the source of all hope will fill you completely with joy and peace as you begin to trust in him. Our trusting in God invites more hope. If if your cup is empty and you need a refill of hope, the way to get the refill is go up to that, that thing with trust in God that he can do it. Believe he can do it. And it says he will overflow you with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do what you cannot do, what a counselor cannot do, what any person could not do. But we've got a war for it. Wage war. Everybody say wage war. Ashley, the next one is the war with our words, the war for our words. Yeah, but 
I want to talk on that, but I, some of us, we're looking for hope, but we're still looking to draw hope from our circumstances to change. The way you're gonna draw more hope if you need a refill, the scripture said, if you could put it back up, up on there, he was filled with hope because he trusted in him. So, so if you need a refill hope, God does not, he, he's not wanting for you to feel defeated. He is, he is always full of hope. Even if you ever think that God is done with hope with you, you don't know God. He is the source of hope. Yeah. He, is a, yeah. he is full of hope when he yes. looks at you. Yes. He is full of hope when he looks at your future. Yes. He is full of hope when he looks at your relationships, when he looks at your job, when he looks at you succeeding. He is full of hope. He is not looking at you with a, eyes of a failure or eyes of defeat. Well, when are they gonna get it together? Well, when they get it together, finally, you know, I mean, God. that's not God. Yeah. But we think it is because we look at humans, we're like, finally, they get it. That's not God. That's not God. That's not how God looks at us. Yeah. He is full of hope. Yes. If you need a refill of hope, you're not gonna get it from being looking at your circumstances and waiting for it to change. You're gonna get renewed hope by getting with Jesus because he's the source of hope. Yes. Yes. The, the next war, the war for your words. There is power in this tongue. There is power in our words. There is a war for your words. How many of you guys have sensed the war for your words? All right, come on. To speak positive, to speak negative, to speak what you wanna say, to speak what you feel like saying, there's a war for your words. And you know, in James 3, 1, it says, we all fail in many areas but especially with our words. Yet if we're able to bridle the words that we say, we are powerful, that we say, are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. That's a lot, a lot of power. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. If we're wanting to know the maturity that we are in Christ, we need to look at how well we're actually controlling our words. Because a sign of spiritual maturity is to look at what we are saying and what we are allowing. Our, it is our choice what we allow to come out of our mouth. You know, it goes on to say how powerful it is. It compares it to a brittle on a horse's mouth. It also, it also compares it to a rudder on a ship. And it says that directs it in the, in the peace in the peace of the waves and in the fierce winds of the waves that the tiny rudder of a ship can navigate that ship where it needs to go. And I don't know if, you're, if your life looks peaceful or if it looks like there's a lot of fierce storms and there's a lot of fierce waves, but your words have power to navigate through the storms through the storms. It says, it says later on, it says, your tongue is the most powerful, the most dangerous part of your body. That wow. with your tongue, you can release heaven on earth and heaven in your circumstances, wow. or you can release hell. It is our choice. No matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, no matter what words have been spoken over you, wow. we have the choice to release heaven on this earth. And no matter how powerful words have been spoken, no matter how negative, no matter how mean the words that have been mm. spoken over you mm. or you've spoken over yourself, our Heavenly Father's words yeah. are more powerful 
than any words that have been spoken over yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. That you may be in some bondages and some strongholds over your life because the words that have been spoken over you. But God's words are strong enough to break those strongholds. You know, I've been convicted so many times where I've been in a situation and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit says, man, you've been speaking your word. You've been, spe you've been complaining. You've been speaking your opinions over this, over him, over her, over you, more than you have my word. My word, God's word is the powerful word. God's word is a lot. God word, my words aren't gonna transform anything. God's word yes. is gonna transform yes. the impossible yes. situations yes. and make them possible. Yes. You may have tried everything that you can yes. to speak over your family, yes. to speak over yourself, but have you tried God's word? Speaking yes. over His word, over the impossible situations in your life. Because so today, as the Word is working in your life, the change that's happening, the thing that's going on on the inside of you, that you sense something, but you can't articulate it, that's not Paul and Ashley's Word. That's the Word of God. So that good. is the Word of God being spoken and working in your life because it is alive. So powerful. Can I say something about that? When we come to church, we don't come to hear a person or a personality. Uh, it's so easy for us to write a service off if it's not our preference, uh, if, if there's not a suit on stage, or if there's, uh, if there's, or, or if there's not jeans on stage, or if it's a man, or if it's a woman, or if it's this personality or that. When we come to church, we're not coming to church for a personality. We're coming to church for the Word of God to change our lives. So no matter if I'm listening to a 20-year-old on stage or an 80-year-old on stage, it's not about the age. It's not about the stage. It's not about the personality. It's not about the gender. It's not about the ethnicity. It's about the Word of God that transforms our lives. So every Sunday, I'm coming with expectancy. I don't know about you. I'm coming with expectancy. Whether the series is about marriage or about hope or about families or about miracles, I don't care what the topic is. I know God's Word can speak to me through any series, can change me through any person, can impact our marriage, our family. Don't miss the message today because of your preferences. Don't miss the mess. Don't miss the miracle because it's not your preference. Jesus said so many people missed out on the miracle when he showed up because they watched him grow up. They said, we know that kid. That's Joe's boy. That's Jesus. We saw him. We saw him in diapers. We saw him playing in the mud. We saw him before he did any preaching. And they missed out on miracles. Don't let miracles overpass you just because of your preferences. There's a war for our words. And the last one right here is the war for your worship. We're gonna end with this right here. I want the band to come out. There's a war for your worship. We are gonna magnify something. The question is, what are we gonna magnify? We're gonna glorify something. The question is, who are we gonna glorify? Us, our problems, our circumstances, or Jesus? I want us to stand to our feet all over this room. God is more attracted to your surrender than your success. He's more drawn to your brokenness than your appearance of perfection. And what worship does is worship takes the focus off of us, off our problems, and on the answer. Worship changes our attitudes. The presence of God is here right now. His power is here. Even when the microphone went out earlier today, Jesus, he showed up. Man, we've got power in the house today. It's because he wanted you to hear this word. There's a reason why you're here. There's no accident that you got invited to come to church today for the first time. It's not a coincidence that God's speaking to you right now. 
If you need to shift your focus right now on God, I want you to leave your seat. If there's things that have been trying to weigh you down, if you need hope, he wants to give you a refill. Leave your seat. Join me at this altar right now. Just step down. If you need healing in a relationship, if you need to fight the war within, if there's been a war for your words right now, I want you to come down. Just say, God, teach me how to speak the words that bring life. If there's been a war for hope in your life, if there's been a war for honesty in your life, just come down to the altar. Humble yourselves right now. Let's just begin to worship God. Kimmy, Timmy, will you lead us right now? This altar is an open invitation. If you need to surrender to God today, today is your day to get things right. If you say, man, things aren't right between me and God today, don't leave without saying, God, I'm coming down. I'm worshiping you. I'm changing my attitude. I want you to change my mindset. Change my heart, God. Change my words, God. Change what my mouth has been speaking. God, change what my thoughts have been thinking. Change my attitude. Change, heal me, God. It starts with me, God. Heal my marriage. Heal my family. Heal my relationships between me and that family member. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship. If you need healing in a relationship, come down to the altar. Today is your day to surrender. Say, God, I need you. fix your attention. Don't worry about the time right now. All over this room, even if you're not at the altar, just worship God. The whole band, if you guys can step down except for the keyboard. I want us to, and the cameras just stay off the stage. Right now, I want our eyes not to be on the stage, not to be on a person, but just to close our eyes in this place and fix our hearts and our attention and our focus on the source of all hope the source of contentment, the source of healing, the source of reconciliation, the one who cares more about your soul than anyone else. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord. It's not about the lights. It's not about the room. It's about Jesus. It's all about you. All about Jesus. I'm coming back to There's still room at this altar. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now that you need to go and surrender something. There's someone here right now, you know, you've got to get your eyes back on Jesus.
He's with you right now. Jesus, He's healing your heart. I swear, sing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus have your way, Jesus have your way in me, I'm taking up my cross, Jesus have your way in me, Jesus have your way, Jesus have your way in me, no matter what the cost, Jesus have your way in me, Jesus have your way. Jesus, Jesus, have your way in me. I'm taking up my cross. Jesus, have your way in me. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Just 
let him heal your heart right now. I'm no longer. I'm no longer. God saying from this day forward where where there's been a punishment on people in your present because of what people did in your past it's about to change it's about to change it's about to change some of us have been punishing ourselves for, for sins that God's already forgiven us of some of us have been punishing our spouse for what our ex did punishing our family members for, for what other people have done. But I, I just hear God saying, I'm healing. I'm healing people's hearts. I'm healing people's minds. I'm bringing, I'm bringing freedom. See, when we get honest and when we humble ourselves, humility, humility unlocks the prison doors of pride. And it brings you into the place of freedom. And it invites revelation of God's love. He's just revealing how much he, when we conceal our sins, he cannot heal us of our, but when we reveal it, he begins to heal it. He begins to show you how much he loves you. And he, that's what he's doing right now. He's just washing you by the blood of Jesus right now. He's bringing healing, hope, and freedom. And I know we've stayed extra long today, but I'm so thankful. We don't go to church just to knock it off the list. We go to church to have Jesus change our hearts and our lives and do something fresh in us. So I want us to pray this together all over this room. And if today is the day that you're accepting Jesus in your heart, just raise your hand. If you're saying, man, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus, that's you today. Come on, can we give a big hand clap for many hands all over this room? Today is a day of salvation in their life. It's a new beginning for the whole family. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I repent of sin. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. 
Satan, you have no authority in my mind, in my heart, in my attitude, in my relationships. I take authority today over everything that's not of God in my heart. Shame, you gotta go. Fear, you gotta go. Hope, come inside me. Lord, change me. Heal me. Make me more like you. I'm waging war against the enemy. And I have the victory in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God praise this morning. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.